Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is Brad. We are Jamesless today because uh, James is in Cincinnati and in a world without James, <laughs> in a world where these two dorks are trying to do it by themselves. <laughs> Actually, Only I probably should make fun of him. Only one man can save him. Uh, no, James. Uh, unfortunately, his grandmother passed away, so he had to go to Cincinnati. And this is an unfortunate thing that's happened twice during the course of Real Nerds. Well. Movie podcast because it was an Ebcast on the. Was it Nebcast? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because it was last, last year's it. movie thing. But unfortunate thing happened during our cast where. Is there a movie podcast curse that we don't know about? Maybe. Do you have any grandparents, Ryan? I do. I hope I have. So I still have three grandparents, so hopefully they. Hopefully next year's. <laughs> hopefully we'll still still be around. That's sad to think about. Uh, hey, let's move on to more happy things. <laughs> hey, real news time. Are you, you going to say what movies we saw this week? Oh, I guess we should say what movies we saw this week. Uh, we saw a lot. We did see a lot. You saw by yourself. I saw The Artist and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, by myself, I saw The Artist and together <laughs> we saw... Let's hold hands while we do this podcast. Oh, I can feel the power. Uh, we saw Warhorse and Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. Uh, but first, uh, hey, let's get some real news real quick. It's real news! Not really very many much news, but I will say like a couple things about the trailers I've seen the last few days. Uh, the Snow White and the Huntsman trailer, I think is actually pretty cool. I actually haven't seen it. No, it's, it has uh, some cool imagery and uh, like the... It's got to be better than Mirror Mirror, right? Yeah. Charlie's Theron um, is the queen and she's evil and she kills all these uh, people that would be who she thinks are m- more beautiful than she is. So it's kind of darker, and she has the, the, like the coolest thing she did in the preview. She twirled around, and she turned into a bunch of crows. So, I mean, it looks kind of interesting. And Kristen Stewart did not say a word in the trailer, so I think uh, that might have Well, she's silent throughout the movie, so <laughs> yeah, don't and, get your hopes up. And Chris Hemsworth is uh, the huntsman, and he had, you know, it's like a war movie. It's really crazy. It's medieval fighting and stuff, so looks interesting. We'll see. And we saw... The Dictator today, which it looks okay, but I don't know if it's okay to joke about September 11th. But they're doing it. There's even an AIDS joke in the trailer. Yeah, and like AIDS. Like right off the bat, which is a really harsh for a trailer. Yeah. So we got AIDS and September 11th in a trailer. Guaranteed to offend. Guaranteed to offend, but you know, I'll see it because it looks funny. Yeah. And then we saw Rock of Ages, which is some sort of zany comedy musical with Tom Cruise. I think. I think. <laughs> I've, I, I, I couldn't get the tone if it's supposed to be serious or not. I, think I don't think a, it's supposed to be. I think it's a comedy, but it's, it was very heavy on the, you know, very high school musical looking or glee type yeah. production. I thought it was like fame, but then I remembered fame already came out. <laughs> Twice. And <laughs> then they had, uh, the, like the music in it was hair metal, but it was really saccharine hair metal where they really took out the guitars and stuff. So, you know, I don't know. I'll see it <laughs> because I like seeing Tom Cruise like that because it's kind of funny. Kind of makes me uh, hope it was a Steel Panther movie. <laughs> oh, I know. I was hoping Steel Panther would be in the previews, but it's probably rated PG-13, mm-hmm. and they would not be in a PG-13. It's just going to be a metal comedy. It should be a Steel Panther. Yeah. They should make a Spinal Tap with Steel Panther, though, because that'd be awesome. You know what, Steel Panther, if you're listening to our podcast, um, I, my friend Brad here is a movie director. He will shoot that movie, and I will be along being an assistant or something, a production guy. I don't know. <laughs> now enter Ryan Frost in the scene carrying the coffee. <laughs> I'll act the shit out of carrying that coffee. Do you, do you guys need any a, anything? <laughs> and cut. 
And that's it. So yeah, so that's about it for the news. I just saw a bunch of new trailers I thought were kind of interesting. Do you have... Yeah, I got nothing. I, I've been making videos all week. <laughs> yeah, I think too, though, with um, the holidays, there's not too much going on because I'm sure a lot of people aren't working. People are taking vacations and things, yeah. Yeah, not like me. I'm working. Mm-hmm. Brad's on vacation. I'm not. But speaking of trailers, we did see another good trailer again, Dark Knight Rises. Yep. I haven't seen it in the theater since uh, Mission Impossible. And it was cool. And I, you know, I noticed a few little things and um, how some of the scenes have this kind of like airiness to them. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's really uh, poetic, I guess. The thing that I've noticed since I last saw it is that, um, you know, Batman looks kind of goofy in daylight. Mm-hmm. And this movie, there seems to be a lot of daylight. Like, there's not a lot of night shots. Well, yeah, there's like the, night scenes in the trailer. There's that one fight where they're fighting in the snow on some sort of steps, which I I don't I haven't really read too much because I'm trying to keep out of it because I try to want to be surprised. Which uh, Christopher Nolan's pretty good about keeping his movies under wrap, so I'm hoping that I will not get spoiled too much. Yeah, I'm just hoping like the movie doesn't seem goofy with. Because I've never felt like Nolan's treated Gotham City as like a character in the movie, mm-hmm. like Tim Burton has. Like, so I, I hope he's not dropping the ball in the setting of Gotham City, where he's just like gotten so into making Batman so realistic that you know Batman looks goofy wherever yeah. he is in the movie. I I know what you're saying, but I, I think he'll probably be all right. I, it's Nolan; he's probably yeah. doing the right thing. But from the trailer, I'm it makes me worried a little bit. Yeah, it'll be all right. I'm sure it'll be one of the best movies of next year. I'm not too worried about that movie. Yeah. That when I see movies like, you know, trailers for that, they're not going to show you a lot and they're going to only kind of glimpses. Um, I've seen the John Carter trailer like 17 times now. Uh, I've seen it too many times. Yeah. I don't know. It has potential to be cool, but then you're right. When that opening scene has Star Wars Episode 2 feel to it. Yeah. And all the lines in the trailer are just goofy and cliched. And yeah. Like, um, what was it? Was the woman say? Like, you're John Carter. You're John Carter of he's like, Earth? Yeah, and he's like, yes, ma'am. Like, ma'am isn't necessarily... Like, it's kind of like a, a well, he's regional a, term. He's a southern gentleman from the Civil War. Oh, yeah? Like it's, yeah, that, I guess the story, because it's written by the guy who did uh, Conan, Conan the Barbarian, and I guess he's transported from the Civil War to Mars. I don't know how it happens, but... Oh, well, that makes sense, then. That, that's uh, what I've read <laughs> about it. Um, then, like, it, you're ugly, but you're beautiful. Is that William Dafoe? William Dafoe doing that <laughs> it character? sounds like yeah. it, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the whole movie just looks goofy. It does. Uh, but I don't think anything else is in, out in March that day, so I'll probably end up seeing it. <laughs> I, I don't know what else is out. I mean, it's March. I mean, what else could possibly be out? Yeah. Hopefully, something else gets thrown in at the last second. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, a R-rated comedy. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. So anyways, um, I did not see too many, we'll go into what we've been watching. I didn't see too many movies this week, but I did finally purchase the Back to the Future trilogy on Blu-ray. Finally. And so I I, uh, I watched the first one and it's amazing still. And then I was shocked to find out my wife has never seen Back to the Future. At all? At all. She's Not even like part of it on TV? Well, she said she's seen parts of it, but she doesn't remember anything about it. I mean, the movie's so classic. I was going to say for like a while there on TNT is one of the new classics and it ran all the time. <laughs> did it? But, uh, yeah, there's just so many... You know, I forgot um, all the little goofy parts in it, and it's just really funny, and it's a fun movie. It's one of those movies I love watching over and over again because it's, you know, two hours or something, but it just flies by because the movie's so cool. And uh, and then I watch, you know, the behind-the-scenes with Michael J. Fox and him talking about it. It's pretty interesting how 
he really originally wasn't cast as Eric Stoltz, and they had a bunch of scenes with Eric Stoltz in him. Yeah, you watch those yeah, his and takes. It, yeah, and it, it just seems weird. I, I don't know if it's because it's such a classic movie. You're so used to Michael J. Fox. Well, he's made it iconic, but yeah, like Stoltz but, had a totally different take on that character, and he looked way old, like too old to play <laughs> Marty McFly. Might just be me, but you know that's what I saw. And yet, yeah. maybe because you're so used to MJF playing him, I find it's cool to watch all those movies together in one mm-hmm. sitting and you notice all these crazy details that actually carry over between really all three movies like the, the script for that is so detailed and specific like and robust like there's so many like um like behind the scenes nods to things like to each movie it's yeah. incredible how they just wrote the first one not expecting a hit and then the other two you know people knock them for being not as good but i think they're just as just See, as good and if you watch what they the little things that they repeated like this jokes from the first movie that are changed and mm-hmm. updated for the next year it's just it's just so complex it's great see i think uh, they did kind of know it was going to be a big movie because the ending he sets up <laughs> the next movie well from the special features that i watched they said they just they didn't yeah, expect it, it. it's they, interesting they're I just like know. this is going to be just some 80s b movie and we'll be yeah, I didn't know um, that they had the script for like five years, and they tried to get it without Steven Spielberg's help. And then they went to Disney, and Disney said, "Oh, you can have him kissing his mom. That's incest." We're Disney. I said, oh, "Maybe we should go back to Steven Spielberg." <laughs> and they didn't want to be known as you know the guys who only had Steven Spielberg help them. But um, it's okay because I you know we'll go into our warhorse thing, and uh, it's interesting. I read before I went, I read about what Steven Spielberg did to get that movie, and it's kind of interesting. And uh, so we'll get into that later. Um, did you watch anything besides anything this week? I just watched a bunch of movies in the theater. Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, James lent me Community season two, so I burned through that again really quick. Um, again, like the last disc, like mm-hmm. the last five episodes, are amazing. They are. So, um, and I liked how the uh, my biggest beef with the first season was the all the love triangles mm-hmm. with Winger and every yeah. girl in the show. Just like, come on. Yeah. Like, it's way over the top. And then it's like, how are they going to resolve An- the kiss with Annie? And then the way they just kind of blow off all those storylines yeah. is, yeah. It's a, it's on purpose because sitcoms always fall in those tropes where it's... The season know, ending. The like, season what ending. What just happened? Yeah. yeah. And then they kind of just turn it on its head. Yeah. And it's that's what's cool about community. And I think that's maybe why it doesn't catch on is because it's poking fun at everything. And you really have to be in tune with not only pop culture is you have to be in tune with sitcoms and movies they're referencing. And, yeah. I mean, the paintball episode in that one, the first half is, has Tony is a spaghetti western, and then it goes into Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 brilliant. So, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed Community. Yeah. It's, it's a fun series, and people should be watching it. You should be watching the show, and it's sad that people don't. And then I feel like I watched something else, but I'm blanking right now because I've been so saturated with theatrical releases. <laughs> yeah, that's all I did. You know, I... Um, well, you know what? We'll get right into that, and we'll do the one you saw by yourself first because I didn't see it. You can talk about it, and then we can get into the ones we saw. The three we saw together. So yeah. um, first, should people go see Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? Did I say it in the right order? I don't. I think I always yeah, it. Yeah, you're up. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, if you like um, like adult mystery, uh, I wouldn't say I liked it a lot, but it's, it's definitely a good movie still. So. Cool. Hey, here's the trailer for that movie. is a mole right at the top of British intelligence. He's been there for years. For 25 years, we've been the only thing standing between Moscow and the Third World War. 
I'm retired. You're outside the family. You're well placed to look into this press now. I'll do my utmost. I know that it is one of these men. All I want from you is one code name. Tinker. Taylor. Soldier. Spy. I need you to do something. I'm going to have to send you up into the lion's den if you're caught. What the hell are you doing up here? You can't mention me. I know who you are. I have something to trade. Something big. She told me in secret. The mother of all secrets. She had information concerning a double agent. You have to assume they're watching you. What they seem. It's become so ugly. We're not so very different, you and I. We're both looking for the weaknesses in one another. Or you can even put the trailers in. I was just guessing. Of course I don't put trailers I, in. I'm just guessing. I don't know if you're going to do it for all of them. In fact, you just heard it. Nice. Good. <laughs> you're on top of it. Yep. Um, so the story is... I don't even know the story. I know Gary Oldman plays a spy, evidently. And it's a lot of them sitting around talking. Yeah. It's eh, like last week, you know, my complaints with the two movies we saw last week. Just lots of exposition. And mm-hmm. this movie is... It's an actor... It's good for the actors, especially actors of this caliber. Like, this cast is loaded with Brit- like great British actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as an actor, the ability to kind of sit down and act and say dialogue and emote, mm-hmm. it's like a dream come true. And unfortunately, this movie was really hard for me to follow. It's something I probably would want to watch again, but it's, it's so complex. The mystery and the like espionage behind it is so... Like all over the map, it was just like I was struggling to keep on pace. And the should we talk about the elderly audiences we've encountered this week? <laughs> yeah, because this was I'll tell two I'll, in the same day on that. Yeah, when you uh, tell yours about Tinker Taylor, and I'll tell you mine and the artist. Yeah, what happened to me at the artist? But go ahead with uh, your story about the yeah, same thing people. with the artist, but not as bad as Tinker Taylor, where I had in my experience, you know, matinee elderly people, you know, couples. Mm-hmm. Um, aren't usually rude yeah like they sit there they watch and they're quiet but i guess something happened or we're heading into 2012 where (laughs) everything's turned on its head and um not only did i have like one couple next to me on my left Mm -hmm. who were upset that i didn't get up right away to let them in the aisle because i was paying (laughs) attention to the trailers so they're already late and then they're like excuse me and i was like i wasn't trying to be rude i just i wasn't fast enough for them so anyway, mm-hmm. they sat down and then they just instantly started chatting, like whispering back and forth. And I, I started to wonder, maybe she's got a hearing problem and he has mm-hmm. to explain things to her or something. I don't. But no, this throughout the whole movie. And then soon after that happened, like two rows back across the aisle, another couple was out loud just saying everything. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> it just, sucks. You know, I, I did they, read... They're uh, old enough to know better. <laughs> you'd think. Yeah. I, I did read that 
that movie, you never really know what's going on in it. And it's yeah, not, back to the Tinker Tailor. It's not just you. I've read lots of reviews about it, and they said that's part of why it's good is because uh, it's getting amazing reviews is, you know, you really don't know what's going on in it and you never really explain the mystery. And I don't know the mystery of it because uh, I, no. I guess it'd be spoilish, but I mean, you can tell. No, me. I'll, I'll set it up. Um, so there's this unit of the British spy agency. Um, yeah, it's a bunch of guys in a room. The main one, John Hurt is called control mm-hmm. and he dishes out all the um, plans and whatnot and then there's like four other guys and then Smiley, who's Gary Oldman's character. Um, and basically there's a mole within the whole, <laughs> I want to say company, but it's not company, <laughs> within the whole uh, agency. Agency. Thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, initially there's, uh, what's his name? Mark Strong is sent out on a is mission. Is he a bad guy? <laughs> Part of the mystery, you can't really say whether he is or not. He's a bad but guy in everything. He's not as bad as, say, Kick Ass or uh, Sherlock Holmes. Or Green Lantern. Like he's or a, <laughs> he's an agent, John so Carter. he has to do bad things sometimes <laughs> yeah, okay. for the good of the team. So um, he goes off on a mission right away, and it goes bad, mm-hmm. and he's murdered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he's not a bad guy. Well it doesn't end there so (laughs) that's not he's not in the movie for just five minutes um and there's a lot of like jumping back and forth in time trying Mm -hmm. to explain things in the movie uh which makes things complicated because there isn't like a decisive transition definitive transition so like you really have to keep up but anyway um that mission causes control and gary oldman to get fired um and they elect i'm doing finger quotes right now they elect (laughs) to get let go um and then john hurt uh I I think he dies. I don't know if he's just sick, <laughs> but he ends up in the hospital. Uh, I assume he overdoses to keep himself quiet or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or someone killed him in the hospital. It's not really clear to me. Uh, but so Gary Oldman is off in retirement and then um, something spurs a reopening of the investigation. Uh, oh, no. the I think the British Prime Minister goes back to recruit Gary Oldman like look I know about what Control was trying to do like they already knew there was a mole in the agency before they got fired uh, so they want since John Hurt's dead Control's dead uh, they want Gary Oldman to reopen and investigate in secret because they think that it's one of the four guys who are still within gotcha. the top level um, so from then on in like Gary Oldman's basically like walking around and he's like Sherlock Holmes where he's kind of got everything all planned out hmm but you're you're watching him just go through the motions and complete the task. <laughs> yeah, stop touching that wire. You do. Did it do that? No. Is that me? That was me laughing because oh. that was really funny. Um, so yeah, like you're watching the movie thinking that he's investigating, but really by the end he's kind of got he's pretty much known everything all along because uh, he's the seasoned veteran and he recruits. Uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who was also in War Horse, is one of the. He was. Uh, to help him out and uh he's got like his own side story um but yeah it's just basically the point is they're trying to track down this mole in the agency and it's really detailed and complex and i'll tell you who it is 006 just kidding because yeah he wasn't in the movie golden (laughs) eye sean bean's not in 006 is the double crosser and the spy yeah yeah it's not mi6 (laughs) (laughs) just kidding uh so yeah it was um but i mean when people are acting and 
um, you know, it's it's put together well, except for the fact that I can follow it, but that might just be me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's you. Like I said, I've read reviews where it's hard to follow. Yeah, it's it's really fast paced and all all over, and there's a lot of just like sitting and talking, which isn't fun. And even like there's this big climax where the guns come out, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of cuts, and everyone's in handcuffs. <laughs> like you're, there's this tension leading up, and Gary Oldman's like takes off his shoes to like walk across these floorboards so he doesn't get like uh, when the bad guy's finally going to show up and reveal himself. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, they're just sitting in chairs across from each other, um, mm. and he gets hauled off. So there's like no gunfight or nothing, and it's kind of. So I guess I'll wait till it's available for rent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want a good mystery that's complex, go see it in the theater. Like if you're really starving for it, but I mean, you could probably watch it at home and still enjoy it. You know. Cool. Um, so the next movie is another kind of independent movie that we both saw separately. But it's The Artist. Brad, should people go see The Artist? Definitely. I think so, too. I think it was an amazing movie. Uh, here's the trailer. most about this movie is they could have used um the silent movie part as kind of you know my biggest problem with independent movies sometimes it's they try to make themselves so independent that you know it's annoying does that make sense like hey look how independent we are but this movie you're substituting independent for like quirky and different yeah that's what i mean um so but this movie is different but you know what really sucked me in right away is you know they it opens with him in the movie with his dog 
and he's you know behind the stage and it's all going big and he's mugging he's mugging and then uh the movie ends and he's waiting for the applause and there's no sound for the applause because this movie's a silent movie and people just start cheering and laughing and then he comes out and like okay i'm kind of in this movie now i get it where the joke is kind of that everybody else is silent and he is and right away when he walks out and he's you know mugging for the crowd and his little the actress who's in it with the movie with him he motions you know she's waiting to get her big entrance on stage too and he motions and then his little dog comes running out on stage it who, steals her thunder yeah. yeah who the dog is uggy is my hero in that movie i fucking love that dog um but yeah that movie was amazing uh, tell the story like oh yeah i guess to tell the story so uh he is the biggest silent film star at this uh kinescope was that the name of the oh yeah kinoscope kinoscope or kinoscope Kino- i think it's scope i can't believe i'm forgetting this already yeah but anyway he's one of the he's the biggest star at this one movie uh company and john goodman plays the it's movie Kino cinema Kino cinema yeah, it's one of those anyways john goodman plays like the executive there and pretty much uh george valentine is given free reign valentine valentine he can give give uh you know he can make any movie he wants and he goes in there and everybody loves him and uh he runs into very rather cutely at the premiere this girl who just happens to be pushed in with him and you know he mugs with her and uh and then variety runs who's this girl with you know george and it's in all the newspapers and it turns out she's an actress too yeah it's just an accidental encounter yeah an accidental encounter the media runs with it it's really funny because after that you follow her to an audition where she can just dance and she dances and she gets picked in the movie and it's you know going times going by and george is still really cool and um then he's called into uh john goodman do they ever say his character's name john goodman's well, no one says anything. Yeah, sure. well, I mean, even, I guess, on the cards, did it He might have had anything? a nameplate on his desk, and I just yeah. missed it, but yeah. John Goodman's yeah. executive. Yeah, so yeah. he calls him in and says that the talkies are the future. Yeah. Well, first, uh, he's upset because oh, ahead, instead of the movie getting press, their little... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Encounter on the Street um, generates press. Like, mm-hmm. it overshadows the premiere of the movie. So when the girl tries to get an audition, uh, he doesn't want her in the movie, and then, you know, George is just like, well, I want her in the movie, and... Mm-hmm. I get what I want, oh, so yeah. you're going to do I f- it. I forgot that great scene where you just see her legs, and yeah. he's dancing with her. Amazing. <laughs> and they don't know that they're each other yet, because yeah. there's that wall in the way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know as an audience, but it's really cool that they don't. And anyways, so... Yeah, she- so he, like, John Goodman's, you know, trying to look for a way to get Valentine to not, like, do basically controlling his job. Mm-hmm. So when he discovers, like, the the talkies thing it's like his way of like haha now i finally got you yeah exactly and as while um the silent films are going away george his career starts going down and uh and he's he's got so much like selfish pride that he's like he blows the talk like any kind of new technology he's like he's stuck in his world of exactly you know everything i've had works and there's no reason to change anything. People um, love silent films. What was the name of the actress? Why can't I remember her name in it? Not the actual actress, but the, her character. Peppy. Peppy yeah. Miller. Yeah. Um, so it's cool because they show her in title cards where she's, you know, dancer. And there she's there. And then she's slowly moving Her, up. Slow, slow rise to Slow rise stardom, to the top. Yeah. And then she becomes, like, the talking movie sensation. Yeah. And George refuses to be in a talking movie. And so he basically gets fired. 
from the studio. Yeah. And he decides he's going to finance his own silent film. And uh, then the stock market crashes. The happens. stock market crashes. And he loses all his, his money. Yeah. And his wife leaves him. But he still has his dog. <laughs> I love the dog in the movie. Uh, and, and his chauffeur. And his chauffeur, who's James Cromwell, who's amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, so he does that. He finances a movie, and it happens to open the same day as the new Peppy Miller movie. And his movie is not attended by anybody but Peppy Miller. A couple people, and Peppy Miller's there. Yeah. And he realizes that, you know, talkies have taken over. Like, yeah. the public actually is interested in new stuff. And he's so stubborn in the, you know, to change that he refuses to and he yeah. turns into an alcoholic and he has to well he's an artist and he doesn't want to compromise his yeah. artistic yeah. vision just yeah. to make you know extra money and be popular <laughs> exactly yeah. so it, it, it's really awesome I, I i didn't know if i'd like this movie to tell you the truth but it's getting so good reviews and everybody's saying how um great who was the actor's name who portrays george valentine uh he's it's french desjardins or something what's i forget his first name Jean jacques Do- jacques is it Jean Desjardins? Something like that. Sorry. They were terrible. <laughs> but he is fantastic in Where's that Where's your movie. laptop? You can have it open. Well, then I'll pick up the noise. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he's fantastic in the movie. Yeah. Like, he is... Well, everybody is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie is amazing. The and thing is, movie, like, I don't think we've clarified. This movie is silent except for orchestral music. Exactly. It's like a, it's a classic silent film, except for a few parts where they... I love the scene where they toy with sound effects. Oh, yeah. Where he's having the bad dream. Because he, he's realizing the sound is... Yeah, yeah. that was a great At that movie. moment, I thought this movie was going to, like, go weird. And yeah, and turn into a talking to- movie. A fully talking yeah. movie, yeah. But it's nope. cool how it, was just, it turned out to be a dream and everything. Yeah. And yeah, just, since there's no dialogue except for title cards in the movie, like, it forces all the actors to tell the story just through physical interaction. Yeah. You know what I love, too, about the movie is... Uh, even though there was title cards, there'd be times where the characters would be talking. And a you lot. Knew, and you knew what they like were saying. Yeah. And then the title card would say, what are you talking about? A little but, summary, yeah. But you knew exactly what they were It was amazing. And the, the dog is the hero of the movie. <laughs> Remember, he saves him from the fire. It's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. That dog's so cute. Um, but the... Uh, you know, then they... When she was an extra in the movie, there was a, a German affair because... What was the first movie? It was like... A, english affair and then he made like the sequel was a german affair was the second Uh, movie he made shoot and then he was dancing by and he ended up dancing with peppy and then they ended up dancing for too long and then they kept on doing take after take and you could feel like their romance growing Mm -hmm. on each take it was it was like oh i bossed this line sorry yeah yeah yeah, it was that was cute it was amazing the the movie is it's just nice to see something different like that you know yeah or uh, different it's not new but it's, it's taking something old that you forgot about that exactly was nice but people don't general audiences don't care about silent films or you know it's people who like enjoy film that appreciate exactly. movie like us who can see something like this and notice the oh it's, beauty of it and and not only that but it's people who want to who believe in the movie you know it's uh there's i mean there's a quite a few big actors in it yeah and they all kind of have just you know they want to be part of this movie where it's cute and i i don't i want to reveal the ending because it's so amazing but at the same time, you don't... People should see it. I mean, yeah. we already spoil everything, but, you know, uh, George gets so mad with his silence movies that he burns them all in his apartment and he ends up getting smoke inhalation and his dog has to run and get a police officer. It's amazing. But he grabs the one film, The German Affair, that he met, you know, Peppy Miller in. And at this time, Peppy Miller is a huge star. So when he's recovering in the hospital, she has him move to her, her house where she can... Um, take care of him 
And we totally skipped over the part where uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, what, you, what? Where she bought all his stuff because he was auctioning it off because he was poor. Oh yeah. Uh, so he auctioned all his stuff, and Peppy Miller had her uh, chauffeur buy all the stuff. And because she feels guilty because she, she had she that guilty. press interview yeah. where she dissed. There's so much going on in like an, an hour and twenty minute movie. No, maybe it's an hour and a half. It's a hundred minutes, I think. Was it? Yeah. It's, the movie's so fantastic, but you know he she so she fights for him to be in her new movie, so he can prove and he has too much pride and he gets all mad and. He's going to kill himself, <laughs> and uh, uh, the dog won't let him. It's really cute. Yeah, in the clever way of, like, someone yeah. in my audience, on the audience Did someone like, go, oh! It yeah. happened in my audience, too. Uh, yeah. So, a great moment. Like, I knew he wasn't going to kill himself, but, I mean, it's great that the movie is able to um, bring those emotions out. And there's no talking, again. It's all through music and title cards is what's happening and acting. And, yeah. you know, I will, even though I knew he wasn't going to kill himself, um you know when the dog is pulling on his leg and begging him not to kill himself it, you know it's it's kind of moving you know because it's his best friend and he knows what he's doing i thought it was really moving i also loved how authentic the movie was Just, yeah like it was even shot or i don't know if it was shot but projected in the yeah. old square ratio did you see it the shea rts too yeah and then they had to bring the you know the curtains in it's really oh, cool. they left my curtains open so it's like black on either side oh they yeah. brought the curtains in on my showing oh um but yeah and then just um, I forget what it was, but there's like some props on a table that were like, you know, from that era. Like just oh, the clothes hangers. Yeah. Like, I, if I was making, a movie, I probably wouldn't think of like you just get like maybe some wire ones with the sure uh, cardboard tube, like the mm-hmm. really cheap ones from dry cleaners. Like you probably just throw it in there. But they got like these really like old timey coat hangers yeah. and also too sometimes when it would cut like the cut was very good it was like a 1920s cut did you catch that like the editing like it'd be a weird cut and it'd be like pop, the sound would pop oh and no, i didn't no yeah. you, maybe if you watch it again i don't know maybe it's just the print i had but if it did i thought it was authentic i couldn't tell if it was i think it's still a real projector at the sharts i don't think mm. it's a digital projector so maybe but yeah just like yeah just you know the film grain of it and everything and uh, so yeah, but uh, I mean, the how he ends up black and white becoming part of the talkies is, you know, he he tells Peppy he says no, no one wants to hear me talk, hmm. and then they, he realizes that he doesn't have to say anything. His dancing can be his voice, and it's amazing. And you know, the last little dance number uh, they do. I want to explain that, but I can't because it like spoils the ending. Yeah, but yeah, it's but they do this little dance number. Like, it's not just the dance. No, no, there's way more. But, you know what I mean? It's it, it's fantastic. Either way, the artist. Yeah. One of the best movies of the, the yeah, year. For sure. So you should... Um, probably end up talking about we'll, it. We'll probably talk about it next <laughs> week, too. So you should go see it. Yeah. For sure. Highly recommended. Highly recommend just, the artist. I miss movies like that. Just and after, like, seeing Metropolis on the Midnight Showings, mm-hmm. it's just like... Like, I wanted to make one, like, like right away. I was like, I want to do a black and white movie. <laughs> Like, yeah, we used to do that. Yeah, so. it's fun, and I mean, well, you um, the brand new video game is your silent movie, and Manating Orange, and Manating Orange. Like the, yeah. Anywho, Anywho. Don't know about uh, go this to nebulousvisions.com and check out those videos; they're amazing. So we, the first movie we saw today was War Horse. Now we're yeah today. So, so. we're at today. Um, Brad, should people go see War Horse? Yes, I will say yes too. Here's the trailer.
What is it? It's a horse they found wandering about in no man's land. What kind of an horse? A miraculous kind of an horse, be my guess. The amazing thing with Spielberg sometimes is uh, when he shoots scenes, sometimes I think they're just so beautiful. I mean, he had so many like panning, panoramic scenes of the English countryside and the French countryside. and um, It was... I missed the credits. Was it Janusz Kaminski again? As oh, I forgot. I didn't double check. Chances are it was, but I mean... He... Like I think it's more because he's the director of photography. He decides how beautiful the shots look. Like yeah. Steven Spielberg, you know, uh, plans it out and like I want the camera to go here. But I think it's really him who decides the but, color tone and yeah. But you know, light. it had uh, it w- was cool. You know, because it was is basically two worlds where you have this beautiful lush farm, farm and then you know the horrors of the war, um, which Spielberg's illustrated. He, he understands he's very well. Very good at that. Yeah. Um, but I guess we should set up. Um, this little horse was born, and it's, you know, the rebel horse, and no one can train it. And for some reason, this boy's he father... He can't be tamed. He can't be tamed. <laughs> this boy's father is believes that this horse could plow his field, and even though he didn't get a workhorse, and um, he... Well, so this horse is born, and this boy, for some reason, is, there? Yeah, is I present. I didn't get that He's a neighbor, because yeah. um, this horse is from a thoroughbred breeding family. Um, and when it's of age, it goes get auctioned off, and it just happens that that boy's father is in town to get a plowing horse. But he's a drunkard, and he likes to challenge his landowner. Yeah. So he overbids and ends up with a breeding horse instead of a plowing horse, like an idiot. Yep. Sorry, go on. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's fine. You um, summed it up better. And so the basic first half of the movie is 
him trying to train this horse to plow a field and at first it's skittish but the horse le- develops this bond with Albert the little boy well little boy the the kid mm-hmm. and he really only listens to him and through you know patience and being rewarding and being kind to this horse this horse in turn returns the favor by plowing the whole field and saving the family and um, then the army comes in and the war starts yeah the army comes World in World War One. Um, and Loki buys the horse from uh, Tom Hiddleston. Buys the horse from uh, well, the, the crops get ruined. Yeah, the so crops get ruined. When that's the, a lot of turnips. Yeah, when the uh, father, um, when the landowner comes to collect the rent, they don't have enough, and then he promises, you know, I can turn this field really quickly, and I'll get your money back. And so um, they do that miraculously, but then fate intervenes and mm-hmm. washes away the crop and it sucks and he can't pay so he's like i gotta sell the horse to the war and it, he did it or without albert knowing so yeah. albert was all heartbroken and he ran down there but it was too late he bought the horse and he was upset but the colonel made a promise that he'd re- return the horse to him and uh so then the horse is on the front lines almost immediately like yeah. he went out there and then it was and from then on he just goes from like it's battle to battle to like like the Nazi side or yeah, Russian yeah. side first? Uh, no, they're German. I don't know. I thought they were the Russians first in the like the charge, and then it was the Germans. Basically, the horse doesn't stay on the British side. He, yeah, he goes to the bad guy side. Yeah, and then back um, and forth, and then I think it's the Germans. Yeah, because well, what isn't uh, one of the kids' names Gunther or something? That's a German name. Gunther, Gunther, Gunther. Yeah, Gunther. I guess so. Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah but you know one of the things with this movie is is the humans are not the main character that horse is the main character because you are following his journey because after um loki gets the horse it it, you know you don't see that kid again forever and it's about his journey and one of the things even though our audience member of elderly people was kind enough to point it out to us (laughs) was um i love the how they you know they shot Tom Hiddleston's character being killed that's really not ruining anything he died in the first like 20 minutes of the movie but you know it's uh, he's charging and then they realizes that you know they're in trouble and it kind of goes away and then Joey the horse is riding by himself the, uh, the riderless horse which is a huge military symbolism for you know a dead person mm-hmm. and I thought it was interesting because I totally expected Spielberg because based on Saving Private Ryan I expected like a really gory like yeah. when those machine guns come out but I I enjoyed that it was more like a cutaway yeah, I, thing i read why he didn't do that is because it's not a war movie to him mm-hmm. it's about the horse yeah and Which, you know I, I i tease this a little bit and i read that he went to the play on broadway and loved it so much is the play i don't know yeah was, i guess it's a really elaborate play because you know i obviously have to have a puppet be the horse and spielberg was blown away and he went there and said hey i want to make this into a movie and i said all right that's how much power that dude has <laughs> he's like i'm gonna make this into a movie how do you say like if Spielberg comes to you and wants to like turn your anything into a movie, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Who says no? Nobody. <laughs> and then, and you know, six months later, he has a movie in the can. Yeah. He shoots so efficiently. Um, so anyway, that explained too much for the rest of the plot. Basically, the horse goes from like military incident to military incident, and just mm-hmm. trying to find his way back to yeah to the farm boy, the farm boy. But my um, Albert, you know, the scenes. There's so many like cute scenes in it. You know, um, unfortunately, the two German boys, when they run away, are killed because desertion. 
you can't do that. You know, they'd yeah. kill you anyways. I think you're killed in the United States. Well, maybe back then. Now you might get a trial, but you can't do that. So, anyways, it ends up. I thought the farm scene with the little French girl and her grandfather was really cute. Yeah. Um, and then my my favorite scene in the whole movie was Joey um, is caught in the middle of this war because the uh, Allies are advancing on the Germans. So when they're marching, they realize that you know these horses are in trouble. Uh, the the soldiers, so they all try to run away, and Joey gets caught between this tank and barbed wire, and he ends up running over the tank, and he runs through the battlefield, and then he gets caught in barbed wire. Yeah, and can't go anywhere. Can't go anywhere, and he's trapped. And then the British side realizes that this it's a horse, and then the German side realizes it's a horse, and they're both trying to call to it, but then they realize it can't move because it's trapped in barbed wire. And so the British guys wave a white flag. Yeah, the British guy out. waves a white flag, walks out to help this horse. And all of a sudden, there's a German guy behind him, and the German guy comes out to help him. And, and each one is like looking back at each other, like waiting mm-hmm. for the, like the other to strike. And but this horse has brought them together, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really interesting. The scene, and uh, my my favorite line in the whole movie was a kind of a tension reliever, where he's uh, the British guy says, "You speak good English," and the German guy says, "I speak English well." Yeah, and it's really funny. <laughs> Grammar, grammar, grammar joke. Grammar joke and German guy. Yeah. And uh, so they they end up getting this horse free, and then they kind of have this camaraderie between the two, and then they realize they're still in a war, and they kind of let it go for a while. And they flip a coin for the horse, and the British guy happens to win. Spoiler. And, <laughs> spoiler. And so he... Um, it was uh, just a great scene. Like, yeah. Just to... Uh, like, like, no one's personally fighting each other like it's yeah. nationality versus nationality exactly and uh, the scene was just and it's so well shot like i just love um what me and james have talked about before it's like spielberg kind of knows where to put the camera you know what i mean it's not that he's i read uh, i forget where it was from but um i think it was an iphone thing the iphone was touting like spielberg used his iphone to go out to a stable and just record different shots of horses to get prepared for the movie and everything so Sorry, cats in the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like he, like prepared by just kind of going out and just shooting all these different to see like what looked good mm-hmm. behind the lens and everything before actually just kind of shooting. So like, yeah, um, the the movie was cool. Um, and the the only thing I didn't like about the movie was it's it's really minor, but the opening, mm-hmm. like I don't think that he needed to like so the horse gets birth right and then it cuts to the title card war horse. Yeah. And then it cuts back, and it seems so like just because they didn't even have like actor credits in the beginning even, no. which is weird because I think as a uh, director's guild member you have to include. Yeah. So he got away with that, but it's just like, and then at the end it says Warhorse again. Like I it's, guess because it's about the horse would be my guess is why he did it. Because it's I, I don't know. Uh, it I was guess, just a weird part of the movie, like and also yeah, just no, like the birthing it, scene yeah, it was, was very like obviously we don't need to see detailed horse birth but the <laughs> fact that it was not shown too was also kind of yeah um like it jumped around so much but pretty much after the auction the movie kind of levels out and becomes like a very uh typical spielberg yeah i guess my only pro- my only complaint with the movie is is it uh seems kind of oscar baity where they have those really i don't know corny lines all the time and um sometimes the scenes seem really like melodramatic to me where they don't really need for the them. sake of being like yeah purposely tugging your heartstrings yeah exactly I mean the ladies behind us were bawling yeah at I, the end 
to to his credit, like if people think it's you know, I guess not. What's the word? Like I don't mind that Spielberg is finding ways to pull your heartstrings. Oh no, no, not at all. I think that's my that's my only complaint though. I I, I guess more so at the auction of uh, Joey is the only part I thought was like that's eh, kind of stupid. You know, he he's going against the evil landlord and <laughs> they're bidding, and I'm like, oh, it's. And his dad's a loser. At that part, I have sometimes those parts are really, I think, seem out of place sometimes. Yeah, there there are some things he plays too comfortably, and yeah. he's done them a lot. But I don't know for some reason I, I have to give him a pass on it because it just works so well. Yeah, I mean in that's the movie. that's my only minor complaint in the movie. Other than that, the movie is pretty good. You know, I yeah, I mean, it, there's not much else you can say about. It. I mean, cause it's it's just good. It's it's very sentimental and just of interesting journey. Like the like the little things the horse comes across on his way back. Yeah, like these little uh, and you're also insights into these people's lives that he crosses. You know, just, exposed to the horrors of the war and stuff. Yeah, and, they're like tragic and funny and um, yeah, and like the uh, without spoiling things, but like using the fact that the boy can't see at the end. Yeah, to, like it's like. Some people would say, well, we "Oh, spoil he's... everything, Brad. You can just say it. it doesn't matter." Like, yeah, Spielberg's using sympath, like using that to generate sympathy for this scene. That's not the, like it's not very climactic. It's you know, I don't think it's um... see the scenes I let him get away with with that. That those ones don't bother me because it's you know I don't know because only he would know that horse. So him not seeing and doing the call and you know it's the what they call it the miraculous horse or yeah the miraculous horse the miraculous horse it's like in, in most movies you know you kill the bad guy and so over but this movie doesn't have that yeah so i'm just saying like most like i've heard a lot of anti spielberg stuff so i'm like in i'm visioning this through, through the lens of someone watching and being like oh this is way too syrupy and mm-hmm. yeah of course he's you know blind and he can recognize the horse without seeing uh it's just i don't mind that at all i think it's no, great i, don't I think it either. like it made those girls cry oh like, man that's how that's how much of a master of the film he is like the, he's able to like he has that tool set of just it, like to be able to not, get you to go along with any well, movie. the most amazing thing is it's not a human character that's making you do that yeah it's a horse that this horse has been through i mean the horse has been through hell mm-hmm. i mean that pulling up the artillery you know, fighting in the battles, uh, and that it survived. I mean, those German uh, kids who stole it, and then the you know the German kids were captured. He's really not the only horse character. Like, there's no. another horse throughout the movie that follows him along. Which, by the way, did it just get ran over by, by the tank? I thought that too. It just ran over. Just horse meat. <laughs> or, it might have already died. I think it died when it fell over. Well, it died when it fell over, but I mean, yeah. its remains were <laughs> yeah. crushed. Like I said, horse meat. Horse meat. Well, you know, yeah. make some glue. Yeah. But no, like I, the, he ran back through that tunnel where it died, and mm-hmm. you didn't see it. So I was like, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but the movie was really good. It's just beautiful. Like it's shot really well, very well. It's got, you know, like personifies a horse. I guess it's not yeah. an animate object. It just yeah. makes you like you really you connect for, with you the horse. For the horse, you know what it's going through. You understand. And that's you know I think the most amazing thing about the movie is I mean the human characters. I think actually Tom Hiddleston's character was the best in the movie as the. Uh, general guy who dies really soon i think he's in the movie what 10 minutes i really i think 10 minutes he's in the movie um but i thought he was really really good in it and um i thought everyone was really good in it i mean there's no standout human character like no, no other than it's, 
Albert. Yeah, but it's not supposed to be because, you know, it's yeah, about it, the horse. The horse it's yeah. not... Um, and just the lives it affects. Exactly. And, you know, I I don't know. I really loved a little French girl in it. I thought she was really cute. Um, how much she loved the horse and, yeah. you know, wanted to train it. And her grandfather w- was really good in it. Um, so, yeah, it, it was interesting and in how the war affects everybody and things like that. Yeah. Horses vessel. Because, you know, you always think of war affecting humans, but you don't know how much it affects, you know, these poor animals that, I mean, you know, when Joey gets to the German camp and they're forcing them to pull up the artillery in the hills and they're just killing (laughs) the horses left and right. And there's that huge pit of, I don't know, 50 horses in it. And before I went to the movie, I was telling my father who loves military history about it. And he said that in the British army that uh, horses like that, were treated with the same respect as the military. And if you didn't keep your horse in um, proper order, you could be court-martialed and stuff. Wow. So they were really well taken care of. And that's why, you know, um, when they're reunited, that he's given all, you know, the same quarter as uh, an officer because they realize that this is a British horse right. that they saved. So, yeah. So you should go see War Horse. It's pretty amazing. Hmm. And then we saw... Sherlock Holmes Game of Shadows Brad should people see the second Sherlock Holmes movies sure yeah I think so too I was actually kind of surprised by this one yeah me too and we'll Uh, talk about it after the trailer what do you see everything that is my curse Oh, how I've missed you, Holmes. Have you? I barely noticed your absence. I'm knee-deep in the single most important case of my career. What are we up against here? The most formidable criminal mind in Europe. Professor James Moriarty. If we can stop him, we should prevent the collapse of Western civilization. No pressure. Who are you two? Concerned citizens. Mr. Holmes? I have a feeling you're in danger. Are you sure you want to play this game? I'm afraid you'd lose. Oh dear. What? I agree, it's not my best disguise. You know my methods. Shall we get to work? Your clock. Do you trust me? No. Did you just tell my wife? I timed it perfectly. Just follow my lead. Make it count. I'd say that counts. You do seem excited. Manic. I am. Verging on ecstatic. Psychotic. I should have brought you a sedative. You know, the one thing I will say about the Sherlock Holmes movies and Guy Ritchie movies, they're fun. I mean, 
Um, is it going to be in my top ten next week? Stay tuned. But um, the movie was cool, and I think um, Robert Downey Jr. is one of my favorite actors because he makes everybody use. I mean, I'm I'm straight, I'm married, but I'm like, oh, if Robert Downey Jr. is so cool. <laughs> I would date Robert Downey Jr. But you know what I mean? Wow. All right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? He's all his characters he plays are usually pretty cool. You know, he doesn't have um, a character I don't like in movies. I guess. I have to watch some of his like early '90s stuff, but well, he's everything you know, he's done since like Kiss Kiss Bag Bang has been great. Yeah, well, he was not around for a while because <laughs> he was in prison. But um, but yeah, no, I I haven't seen the first Sherlock Holmes since the theaters, and that's pretty bad. Yeah, me neither. Um, but they did a really good job of resetting up because I forgot that he he's so intelligent that he can see the end of everything. You know, I forgot that they had that in the first one, and where he's about to get in a fight and he. Um, predicts everybody's actions in the fight. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know what you'd call that. Um, I. Uh, but I remember that pre, from the. I, I remember. Of, yeah. yeah, I remember that from the first one. So it kind of got me right back into it. Um, I speaking of watching the first one, like I liked the first one, but I felt it really lacked like real detective work, mm-hmm. which I associate with Sherlock Holmes. Like this is an action Sherlock Holmes yeah. character. Um, and so when this movie came out, and I saw the trailer, I was like. This looks like almost exactly more of the same. Yeah. Um, you know, like a Hangover 2 <laughs> for uh, Sherlock Holmes. And so I, my expectations were low going into this movie. But after watching it, like, I don't feel like this, even this, like, again, very lacking in detective work. It's mm-hmm. almost like uh, very lazy. Yeah. Like Sherlock Holmes just says everything. Like, <laughs> um, you know, here's this and here's this. And this is how I thought of this ahead of time. And. Like, no one actually really kind of does anything except shoot guns and yeah. uh, punch people. And, like, he has all these traps laid out and things ahead of time and stuff. And so there's, like, just a lot of, you know, oh, well, you did this. Oh, I thought of this. And then we go back and retrace it. So it's kind of lazy in that aspect. But it's still, it's somehow fun to yeah, I watch get it you, unfold. Yeah, I get what you mean because, um, well, I guess we should talk about the movie. So the movie. Yeah, here's uh, the plot. Is the plot is. Or the setup. There's a huge... I guess Sherlock Holmes already knows that Professor Moriarty is kind of this bad guy. And he has this huge um, clues pointing to what he's doing. And so it kind of opens with him... He's been following him since the last movie when he found out that yeah. Moriarty was even involved in anything. Exactly. So he's got like this huge... Mark Strong was hanging from... Strong yeah. was hanging from the bridge. I remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this huge map on the wall with connecting lines and stuff. He's got like an office of... Which is interesting because Moriarty has almost the same office. Yeah. Um, and so that, so he's there and he's trying to figure it out. Um, Rachel McAdams is in it very briefly. As a pawn of Moriarty. Was she a pawn of Moriarty in yeah. the first one? I, I forgot. I, I guess they didn't say, but I remember from the first one she was some kind of thief that was like the foil to Sherlock Holmes. I'm going to have to watch the first one again now. But, um, but she uh, made the mistake of working for Moriarty and she did not last very long in the movie. Um, she died. And that's actually a, dr- a driving force for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And I don't think that's a spoiler. It's like in the first 10 minutes. So, I, you know, I think that's a driving factor later when he finds out that she's dead. Um, but anyway, so he, uh, Watson's getting married and he's not going to be involved with Sherlock Holmes anymore. And he shows up at Holmes's place and Sherlock Holmes is working on a couple new tricks. And they forgot to plan his stag party, which is a bachelor party for us Americans. And... <laughs> But he also has ulterior motives to go to the stag party, 
where he meets this gypsy, which I thought was the most unnecessary character in the movie, but um, whatever. Unnecessary. Her brother is. Yeah. <laughs> he needs someone to like track her brother, I guess, from yeah. the gypsy side to track him down because the brother is maybe it's just integral to Moriarty's plan. Interesting. But uh, well, first uh, Moriarty actually invites Sherlock Holmes oh, to meet right. him, and you know I love that payoff. Invites him to way. join his game. Yeah. yeah, which is the game of shadows. Yeah, um, which I, I read a review and they said, well, you never really told what the game of shadows is, and the game of shadows is uh, Moriarty is. It's all cloak and dagger. Exactly, like, he's the guy in the shadows. He's the guy playing with everybody. Yeah, and there's all this misdirection, which exactly. there's a whole scene of Sherlock Holmes chases one thing. And he makes a mistake. Like it, yep. he it's great. got too confident, and and I I think Guy Ritchie makes really interesting visual movies. Um, I think he sometimes um, how he sets up things is really cool. Like he's a cool filmmaker. I mean, you can go back to Snatch, um, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, the only mistake he ever made was marrying Madonna. Gotta <laughs> put that out there. Which uh, sorry to kind of derail a bit. Um, when you were at the Charities, did you see that preview for that Madonna movie? Yeah, it was terrible. I don't know what to make of that. It seemed really... Well, um, at first I thought it was like, oh, this is like some King's Speech Oscar bait yeah. by some famous director. And then it was like Madonna. I was like, what? But then you like really think about it. It seems really um, made by somebody who's never directed a movie before. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it's, you've seen the King's Speech, right? Yeah. Her movie is like the woman side of that movie. Yeah, is that what it is? I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, back to Sherlock Holmes. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Moriarty's got this ultimate master plan, and Sherlock Holmes is on a quest. Uh, well, first, Moriarty reveals like I'm going to kill Watson. Yeah. Good luck. And so Sherlock Holmes, after that, like after learning that Rachel McAdams is Rachel McAdams is dead, and Watson's next, like. Sherlock is off on his quest. And, it, and uh, Moriarty made it personal. Yeah, he made and it so, personal, yeah. So he kind of got mad about that. And so he interrupts their honeymoon. Yeah. Um, well, Moriarty interrupts it first. And then Sherlock Holmes kind of helps. And then, from, then on that, it's, it's kind of like the original Sherlock Holmes, where it's like, you know, they go to this place and they go to this place and fight these guys and fight these guys. And then. Yeah, and I guess Sherlock Holmes has a brother who's gay. Oh, you didn't know about Mycroft? No. <laughs> I didn't know at all. Was he in the first one? I didn't know he was gay. He wasn't in the first one, was he? No. No, I didn't think so. I've only read a few Sherlock Holmes books. That was a long yeah. time ago. Well, I watched the the new British Sherlock. Um, oh. And they explain it. I mean, I haven't well, seen it. Well, I don't it, think so. he's... There's only three episodes, so there's not mm-hmm. a lot of... Like, it's mostly about the mysteries. They don't really get, get mm-hmm. into backstories and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, Mycroft is, you know, the rival brother. And uh, in that show, he's connected with the British government. Hmm. Um, actually, and he is uh, in the movie too. Lestrade is uh, not like he's not involved in the show a whole lot. Like he's in maybe he's a lot in the first episode, but in the next two, he's I don't think he's in the second one even, hmm. if I remember. But uh, it's um, Mycroft is more involved in the show. Yeah, I mean, I'm just guessing he's gay because he's like this really nice gentleman, and everyone kind of makes fun of how he looks, like Sherlock does. And then he's walking around naked in front of that girl, and he talks about that how. <laughs> It might be fun to try the yeah. other gender. I think like it, you might be right because I think there's another scene that I'm forgetting the details of, but they allude to it. But yeah, it doesn't. It's really not important to the story. No, it's not important. I just he's just like some proper British official guy. Yeah. I think it's just an excuse for Stephen Fry to be goofy on camera. Yeah, <laughs> like they're trying to give him more to do because he's such a big British. And he was funny. Like I thought it, I think he was fun, and then yeah. you know, and I, I think um, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes is more of a. Like a zany character. I thought his disguises were going to be like really hammy and 
like from the trailer they seemed like oh just really tired and like oh he's got fake teeth isn't that hilarious or he's dressed up as women oh that's you know mm. comedy gold right there but actually it worked pretty well in the movie yeah it was pretty funny though at the beginning when he was the china man and you could see like the bald cap yeah. and everything and because you could totally put it on really quick and yeah the, um yeah like the disguises are like they kind of stand out they're not perfect you know yeah he doesn't really get away with wearing disguises that like too perfectly mm-hmm. um but uh it's really cool you know i actually was i, I like the payoff at the end do you yeah i was gonna talk about why well i, I mean not like the very hints. end but i loved how um there was all these hints throughout the movie if you really paid attention you know they did show the quick shot of that book mm-hmm. and they showed all this other little stuff so i loved how sherlock holmes beat him at his kind of his own game yeah and i mean i'm not talking about the very end but like uh you know where he's telling him what he did and you know he knew that he had this i thought it was pretty interesting yeah. I like how it kind of came together, you know, as a chess game or whatever, um, but I kind of wish I'd been able to follow those things clearly, like, so I could also be the de- detective as an audience member. I think you have to watch again. I mean, I did see some of those shots in it. When he met uh, Moriarty for the first time at his school, mm-hmm. they show the quick shot of the book. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw those stuff. things, but it's like, if it's, someone had told me then, I would have known to, like, like, I, I saw that shot of the book, I'm like... Where's that going to play later? Mm-hmm. And I wish I'd like the movie had actually kind of tied that together as it went along, so I could sure. play detective as well and be you know engaged. Like, yeah, I don't think that's Guy Ritchie's kind of style though. Yeah. He has that really con- hyper kinetic style where it's no cut, cut, more cut, action. Cut, cut. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I miss from these American Sherlock Holmes movies is like because in the British TV show, like you do follow those details and you work it through mm-hmm. with Sherlock, whereas Robert Downey Jr. is like, you know hey, remember this? And here's how it all puts, gets put together, and I just explained it to you. It's like, I want to go with, along with Robert Downey Jr. as he's putting it to get, like, instead of just, like, it being told at to the end. That's what I miss. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's, like, uh, like I didn't like about the movie is that I'm going to go into spoiler territory because I can't... Yeah. We spoil everything. Who yeah. cares? Well, I'm going to give a little... Warning a for warning. this one. Spoiler warning. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Um, first of all, the whole plot line of people being able to rip their faces off and disguise themselves by changing their, like, surgically in that era. Mm-hmm. Like, they have that technology to basically do face-off <laughs> <laughs> is, like, far-fetched for me. Um, the tower falling over and not killing either Moriarty or Sherlock was like, come on, are you kidding me? All those bricks and steel and whatever mm-hmm. and everyone just walks away unfairly unscathed and then <laughs> when Sherlock Holmes grabs Moriarty and they just tumble off that enormous waterfall <laughs> and I know he had the respirator but how is Moriarty dead or I, I, it's open like Mori- Moriarty could come back but still it's just like that was a huge fall like <laughs> huge like even if you had the respirator, you probably broke something. Well, you know, I watched hitting the um, water. You know, I watched MythBusters this week, mm-hmm. and they did an experiment where if you fell, if you experienced the same type of um, injuries falling on cement or water, and they found out that cement is like four times more painful. But they dropped a, a pig from six hundred feet onto cement, and it like decapitated it. Well, they didn't show it was inside <laughs> a bag, and then they did it. Um, 600 feet into water and it had broken bones and stuff so yeah he probably wouldn't walk away from that yeah but he did, he did. <laughs> apparently well he um, had time to recover 
Yeah, so there's that. I, I always thought it more interesting if they let him die. Like, if Sherlock Holmes died at the end, he well, really it, did. I thought he did. Like, it was such a convincing ending yeah. up to that point. I was just like... Because you think this is a franchise. They wouldn't let Robert Downey die in the second one. Yeah, but um, too, you know, um, he said, you know, this is the last time I'll ever involve you in a thing. And so I thought maybe, oh, maybe him dying is kind of, you know, this is the last Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, I started to think, like, is there some kind of Hollywood deal that I, like, some Hollywood news I missed where <laughs> they're not going to do this again? Or, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a weird, and, like, why even toy with that? Because at the same time, you're like, this is a big money maker. I don't think they're going to let Sherlock Holmes, you know, die off in the second one. So, yeah, but that my biggest gripe was just this weird, you know, huge brick tower falls in everybody. And yeah. And that just goes with I think the action movie kind of thing. falling off of a waterfall and, and maybe he did a swan dive into it and was able to yeah, glide <laughs> in. That was a huge drop. I <laughs> yeah, it was. It was more than. But I, I was surprised how much fun the movie was. And I, again, it just goes back to I love. I think Robert Downey Jr. is really good at movies, and he plays characters really well. And he's a fun actor to yeah. watch. And his banter back and forth with Jude Law. Yeah, it's like the bromance of the 19th century. <laughs> so yeah, so, I was I was surprised. I mean, I don't know if it was great, but that was fun because yeah, the, those little things. But yeah, it was, it was still fun to watch. I was like I said, I, th- I expected to be bland and t- tired, but as yeah. That was interesting. Still to watch. So pleasantly surprised. So I'm not regretting if they make a third one. I won't be like, ugh, again. Yeah, exactly. I'll be like, okay, let's see what else you yeah. got. Um, so guess what, Brad? What's you up, You can Brad? follow us on Twitter. Real nerds, real underscore nerds. It's been an hour already? Wow. You can also like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can read our awesome blogs at realnerds.tumblr.com. And if you stay tuned next week... We are, are having our 2011 blowout. And I thought you were going to make a bunch of, like, banners and stuff for it. I'm working on it. I'm tr- I, I, I can't. I Fuck, haven't found artistic feel yet, but I'm running out of time. I know. Um, so that will be January 6th. I was busy fixing last week's podcast. Um, I will send you the list of my movies soon because Both you, you, you need a lot of need to let me trailers know so to that get going. I can get trailers prepared because we're not just going to insert the trailers after the show's recorded. We're going to watch them as we go along so that... If there's movies some of us haven't seen, we'll know what each other is talking about. So they're so I'm not talking about some indie <laughs> flick, and you guys are just staring at me like, "Oh, that's great, Brad." Yeah, that's a stupid movie. On to nice, number nice, seven. Nice, nice choice, Brad. Yeah, so you guys kind of see what I was interested in and whatnot, and yeah, I can see what you guys were interested. In I'm, I'm kind seen. of excited because I thought this year of movies was way better than last year, because um, I have a lot to choose from. Interesting, interesting. You don't think so? Um, I don't want to spoil next week's show, but I think it was on par with last year. Oh, wow. Brad's always a stick in the mouth. Uh, the artist helped <laughs> me feel better about it 2011. It was a lot of meh for me. Really? Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is shit. <laughs> um, there's a lot of like, that was good. What else huh. you got? But anyway. But yeah, I will also be um, I on Twitter. Make sure if you guys are following us on Twitter that you send us your favorite movies. Yes. I only got one vote for people's favorite movies on facebook i know uh, you even had like the other option so yeah so hopefully on facebook let us know what your favorite movie is fans can... have been quiet this week as opposed to previous weeks so yeah so we, sure. we want to include you in our extravaganza exactly because it's going to be a big show and it's going to be really long so yeah. um james is dreading the length of it yeah, it's <laughs> he's like right. do we really have to have the trailers in this one like it's no fun without the trailers yeah man. dude that's our, that's our that's our little um that's a real nerds thing we do yeah. Um, so yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. There'll also be a couple little um, surprises. You know, I, I I think I want to add something, another dynamic to 
the uh, show because people want, listening to Real Nerds haven't listened to the other shows I, and they don't know that it's just a format of you know trailer talk about it trailer talk about it I, I want to add I want to make it bigger I want to add something okay. else to the show because we're not going to have news and we're not going to no. have what we've been watching except for you know what we've been watching for 12 months <laughs> exactly so you know stay tuned for that and if you have Brad if you have ideas I know we're just talking on our podcast right now but if you have ideas make sure you email them to me because I have ideas too and then we can kind of have a format for our show I know and then we'll um I don't have ideas. I, I'm saying we need to have some. Yeah. So what we'll do, um, Real Nerds listeners, if you have any um, ideas for us that you'd like to hear us talk about for the show, please do. Um, I will, before the show airs um, and we record it, I will post on our Facebook and our Tumblr. Um, it won't fit on Twitter, but I'll post the format of the show so you can kind of see what we're going to do um, and what you can look forward to, like um, the movies that nobody saw that we really liked, things like that. Yeah. Uh, we don't usually get to include like honorable mentions or like worst movies and stuff yeah and but we will this year we'll put something because we've seen so many movies i've have seen 65 movies this year i haven't counted yet but i'm guessing it's less than that but yeah more um, than 40. the only reason i know is because james has been counting and then i went through his list and i counted two and then i saw four movies this week after i saw 61 so i'm at uh, 65 um so yeah make sure you stay tuned for that because i'm excited because it'll be really fun um so from all we're gonna of make us, it a big party yeah it's gonna be great um you know people don't know this but the first year we did this you wore a top hat on our nebcast 2009 oh, I forgot about edition that. you did um i probably didn't do that for the next one because people didn't like it <laughs> but hey i also if, had flashcards <laughs> if you want to you did if you want to listen to what we liked um uh, two years ago and last year you can go to nebcast and you can listen to those ones the first one is just me and brad the second one's me and james but they're lots of fun um so yeah, Nebcast is also the sister podcast of Real Nerds. Nebcast on iTunes, nebcast.tumblr.com. Everywhere. We're everywhere. We're like social media geniuses. <laughs> hey, guess what? We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Brad said bye! Just because James isn't here. Oh, what a nice guy. <laughs> oh, get Birdman Barbecue. <laughs>